0: Some of the most exciting news in the scientific community in the year ahead lies in discoveries about (laughs) nuclear energy. Currently, nuclear power works by the process of fission. In fission, atoms are split apart, which also produces uh, toxic and radioactive waste. But in December, researchers at the Livermore National Laboratory in California announced the first successful fusion reaction in a lab. A fusion reaction is one in which uh, which produces more energy than went into it. Fusion is the energy that powers the sun and the stars. And because fusion produces Uh, No greenhouse gas emissions, scientists carry hopes that fusion fusion may open new horizons for clean energy in the future. Fusion is an epiphany. The magi that we hear about in our gospel are kind of proto-scientists. They are people who have spent their lives patiently searching the stars, making predictions, Awaiting a breakthrough, they see a new star rising, and this new star has a special attraction and energy, and they decide to follow it. They discover Jesus. Brother Guy Consolmagno, a Jesuit astrophysicist of the Vatican Observatory, observes that the magi become true scientists when they accept and worship the Christ child, which was not at all what they were expecting, but was the truth that they discovered. The Magi are the first scientists to discover fusion. The glory of the Lord, divine fusion, what we call the epiphany, means the universe is becoming one in christ all creation is finally being united with its creator and jesus the child jesus is where the core reaction of love at the heart of the universe happens the result of encountering god is not fission but fusion not dividing or splitting apart but uniting not breaking apart, but breaking through. The epiphany is the breakthrough of love through the discovery of Jesus, the sun, the star of God, the radiating, burning, throbbing, overflowing heart of God. An epiphany happens when two seemingly disparate or uh, unrelated things come together And the result is an activation of new energy. This is what happens in fusion. And the epiphany is a fusion. Jesus is the fusion of God and man, east and west, faith and reason, Jew and Gentile, male and female, all of this greater than the stars. And coming together releases a pure and abundant energy of love, enough to power the universe and to shine a light on every nation for all eternity. There is a lot of power in Jesus. As a result of this fusion, there is not less, but a surplus of love and truth in the world. When you encounter Jesus, the outcome is always more not less than what went into it. There is more, not less love. There is more, not less truth. There is more, not less joy. There is more, not less forgiveness and peace. When this kind of divine nuclear reaction takes place within each of our hearts, Jesus then fuses our lives together into a new body that we call church. And this was the work of Saint Paul, missionary, evangelist, scientist. Paul is the one who sets out to apply this discovery of Jesus, the power of divine fusion, the mystery made known by revelation to our human communities. What if we apply this breakthrough power of the love of divine fusion in Jesus to our human communities? Just what might happen? And so he writes in our letter to the Ephesians, it has now been revealed that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Paul is seeing how Jesus transforms our life together in a new kind of fusion of love. All of Paul's letters to his communities are evidence that it's not always easy to hold together these disparate groups of people together, but by grace, by God's love, when we do, the outcome is the abundance of new gifts and joy. Paul could only really be a missionary to the Gentiles because he already believed that God promised the church gifts that only they could provide. Paul was a missionary to the Gentiles because he already believed that there were gifts out there still waiting to be discovered. And so we see the Magi, the ones who were representatives of the nations, of the Gentiles. They opened their treasures before Jesus and offered him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's a meaning that even as pagan outsiders, they had gifts and knowledge of their own to offer God. People of Israel didn't have a premium of all the gifts in the universe. They needed to meet others to reveal new gifts and joy in their community. The constant temptation is to resort to the way of Herod that we see. Herod is the opposite of epiphany. In the words of one commentator, Herod is the prototype of those who spend time, energy, and talents in protecting their illusions. He's the one who's not open to receiving or giving any new gifts. And his fear only produces fission. He only produces radioactive waste. He leaves a trail of death behind him. When we get in a habit of seeing people for what we think they lack and all of the ways we think they are wrong, We end up treating them as a threat to our power and purity and leave no room for them in our community unless they become like me first. The epiphany shows us that evangelization is about discovering new members of the body of Christ. Evangelization is about discovering new members of the body of Christ, friends who we didn't know that we needed. And so, we might ask the question, why evangelize? We evangelize not first because I am rich or even right and have something to give. But firstly, we evangelize because I am aware that I am poor and I have much to receive. I reach out to the other because I actually might be wrong about things and in our meeting might reveal a truth that I've been missing that provides a fuller picture of the mystery of God to me. And so evangelization is not a mere transaction between me, a religious salesperson, and you or the outsider, a religious customer. But evangelization, like the epiphany, is about an exchange of gifts in which both parties are transformed in the process. Every relationship is an epiphany waiting to happen, and no relationship is finished until that is the outcome. Every life joined to Christ's life is like a new star that's being born in the universe of his love. In the book of Genesis, God spoke to Abraham, look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. And evangelization in the church it's really about witnessing to the birth of new stars. God inviting you and me to have a hand in the rebirth of creation. It's about making the world a brighter place. This is why we evangelize, because we want to make the world a brighter place because of the light of Christ that we found. So evangelization is really about seeing our life together as an ongoing epiphany. A sharing of gifts in which each person has something to offer the other and to and that both will walk away from the encounter more full of joy and truth and jesus than when they arrived true joy consists of being rich in the things that god gives in plenty being rich in the things that never run out these are the gifts that christ gives us and so the magi They set out at the beginning as philosophers and scientists, but they ultimately arrive as adorers. They're impelled by the love of wisdom, but they end up kneeling before the wisdom of love. And in meeting the Christ, the Magi have not just reached the end of their journey, but they've reached the beginning of all things in the discovery of being loved. Evangelization, discipleship, is all about the discovery of being loved by God. And being loved by God is the beginning and the end of all wisdom. It's the discovery of Jesus. To conclude just with a few fitting words from another Jesuit scientist who lived at the early part of the 20th century, he once wrote that someday, after mastering the winds and the waves and the stars and the tides and gravity, We shall harness for God the energies of love. And then, for the second time in the history of the world, man will have discovered fire.